Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in the Gospel according to St. Luke, reading there in the first chapter from the 67th to the 79th verse as follows. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In Christ Jesus, our great Advent King, dear friends, you who are here in God's house this morning, and you also, Christian friends, who are worshiping with us this day by means of the radio. Today is the first Sunday in Advent. It also is the day that ushers in a new church year. Now, the word Advent means the coming, and it refers to Jesus as the coming one, the one who is going to come again. The Advent season includes the four Sundays before Christmas, and it has as its purpose to get us ready for a proper celebration of the birthday of Jesus. And this morning, on this first Sunday in Advent, as we look forward to the birth of Jesus Christ, we would get ourselves ready by asking Zacharias, a priest of God, the father of John the Baptist, just who this Jesus, who was born in Bethlehem, really was. The occasion for the expression from Zacharias was the time when John was just eight days old. It was the time when the family and friends gathered together to circumcise the child, giving him the sign of the covenant and to give him a name. Now all the relatives and friends thought surely that this child was going to be called Zacharias after its father. And they turned to Elizabeth, the mother, and they asked her, and she said, No, we are not going to call him Zacharias. We are going to call him John. And they said, But nobody else in the family has the name John. Why do you want to call him John? And then they turned to Zacharias. Now Zacharias had not spoken a word for nine months, not since the time that the angel had come, and had said that his wife Elizabeth and he would become parents of a child. And they motioned to him, What shall we call this child? And he motioned then for a tablet, and he wrote on a tablet, His name shall be called John. 
And then it was that his speech was regained and he was able to talk. And we are told that he, being filled with the Holy Ghost, began to prophesy. And he began to talk about his son and also about the birth of Jesus, even though Jesus was not as yet born in Bethlehem. It was still six months before the birth of Jesus. But in prophecy, Zechariah sees it as something already having happened. And this is what he said. Oh, there were a number of times when Zacharias early in the morning from the temple would look out and he would see the dawn of a new day, see the beginning of a new day. And so when he thought of this Jesus that was going to come, he said this about him, he is the day spring from on high. The day spring from on high hath visited us. He is the spring of day. He is the beginning of a new day. He is the dawn of a new day. That's who this infant Jesus is. And today, as Zacharias speaks to you and me from the Word of God, and we ask him, Zacharias, who is this Jesus, the manger child of Bethlehem? Zacharias says, do you not know who he is? He is the day spring from heaven. He is the dawn of a new day. He is the new day of hope and comfort and joy for the world. He is the one whose coming has meant a new day of hope in this world. That's who he is. And you and I on this first Sunday in Advent getting ready for Christmas, we may say, isn't that a bit of an exaggeration that Jesus is the new day from heaven, that his coming has brought a new day into this world that would never have happened had he not come? Isn't that stretching it just a little bit too far? Isn't that an overstatement? And yet on the basis of the Word of God today, as we get ready for Christmas, let's know this, that when Zacharias likened Jesus to the dawn of a new day, he is the new day that has come from heaven. That is no exaggeration. That is no stretching of truth. Because just as surely as God lives, let's know this, that Jesus, by his coming from heaven, he brought a new day of hope to this world that this world would never have had had Jesus not come. There is no exaggeration. There is no stretching here whatsoever. Let's look on this first Sunday then at what Zacharias tells us about this manger child of Bethlehem. He is the day spring from heaven. He's the dawn of a new day. He is a new day of hope for this world. And he is because had he not come, there would never have been a new day of hope for this world. Because in the first place, let's know this on the basis of the word of God, that Jesus, the day spring from heaven, the new day from heaven, he came to bring light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Do you realize that if Christ had not come into this world, there would be no light to men in darkness. There would be no light to men who are sitting in the shadow of death. What do you mean by light in darkness? What do you mean by death? Had Christ not come, no man would know his true spiritual condition. But you may say, but we still had the Old Testament, did we not? And do we not have the New Testament? So would it have made much difference if Christ had not come? 
But the thing that you and I must bear in mind this morning is this. Had Jesus Christ not come, there would not have been an Old Testament. There would never have been a New Testament. The Old Testament testifies of Christ. And therefore, had Jesus not planned on coming, God would never have given us the Old Testament covenant. You and I wouldn't have it. And because Christ came, and that means because we have the Word of God which testifies about Him, therefore you and I know this, that we would never know otherwise if He had not come. We know that we are sinners in the sight of God. We know that we are lost sinners in the sight of God. We know that we are condemned sinners in the sight of God. We know that we are lost in sin. We know, therefore, that a just God looks at you and me and condemns us because of his justice. That we would never know had Christ not come into the world to give us light because you and I sit in darkness and we sit in the very shadow of death, yes, eternal death and eternal hell. And thus, because he is the new day, he is the day spring from on high, he is the one who has brought deliverance from hell for this world. You can't exaggerate what the coming of Jesus Christ has meant to this world. No Christ, there would be no deliverance from eternal death and hell for any man. Because no man can be his own savior. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. And so there was no exaggeration when Zacharias, the priest of God, in prophecy, looking at this child who was yet unborn, said of him, why, he's the dawn of a new day. He is the day spring from heaven. He is the beginning of something new. He is the one who has brought a new day of hope to the world. Without Jesus Christ, no man would know the way of salvation. No man would be delivered from eternal death in hell, both body and soul. And that's why on this first Sunday in Advent when we're getting ready for Christmas and we're asking ourselves, well, whose birthday are we really celebrating? Who is this Jesus? We ought to say to ourselves, well, Zacharias tells us that he is the new day from heaven. He is the dawn of a new day. He is the one that has brought a day of hope to this world that the world would never have had he not come. And we ought to write that on our hearts this morning. And if you and I would do that as we're getting ready for Christmas, then we would begin to give him credit also because he has come for the byproducts that this world enjoys because the coming of Jesus Christ. How many of us stand and give Christ credit for the byproducts of his coming, the new day in the world? All that you have to do is stand someday in a nation where the Spirit of Jesus Christ doesn't rule. And let me tell you, when you are in such a nation that seemingly is untouched by the Spirit of Christ's coming, it will write an indelible mark on your soul that you'll never forget. And you'll say to yourself, I never realized what Christ's coming has really meant in this world. You and I talk glibly about a democracy, demos meaning people and crosses power, power in the hands of the people. Do you realize that a democratic way of life, liberty of the individual is a byproduct of the coming of Jesus Christ into this world? 
when Jesus came and testified that all men stand equal in the sight of God, that all men are precious, if all men are free in the sight of God, then all men shall be free among themselves. It came from Christ. Stand in a nation where man doesn't have his freedom. And I'll show you a nation that has repudiated Jesus Christ. Another thing, go into some of these nations where the Spirit of Christ is not predominant and see if you find mercy. I have seen under Muslimism widows who have been disowned by their husbands standing with babes and infants in their hands, crying and screaming at the top of their voice for a piece of bread. I never saw such poverty. I have never seen such a lack of mercy. It'll haunt me for the rest of my life. Where did mercy come from in this world? How does it come we've got hospitals? How does it come that we take care of our children? Crippled children, retired children. Why? Because Christ as a byproduct brought mercy into this world. Go into the nations untouched by Christ and go back before his coming and children that were born without perfect bodies or minds were given to the animals, the wolves, to eat up. You women. Had Jesus Christ not come into this world in India under Hinduism, it would be better that you had been born a cow rather than a female. Because in Hinduism, cows are more sacred than females. You look in this world and we say the byproducts of Christ's coming, the very fact that we can enjoy again for our children and education, the very fact that we have learned mercy, some of it, those are the byproducts of his coming. Why don't we give him credit? I wonder how many within the sound of my voice may have this happen to them. Oh, you may never have embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but I wonder if someday when you stand before him that he will turn to you and say, and you weren't even a gentleman enough to even say thanks for my byproducts. You accepted them and you never said a good word for me because you were so selfish and you took them for granted. Depart from me, I will spew thee out of my mouth. I don't care who you are, friend. If you're going to be honest and decent, at least tell him thank you for the byproducts that you're enjoying in this country even if you repudiate him as Lord and Savior. It's only the decent, gentlemanly thing to do. Getting ready for Christmas. And we say, what did his coming do? Was that coming so pretentious and so marvelous that had he not come, this world would be poorer? Zacharias, when he in prophecy began to speak of that infant Jesus, he said, why, he's the day spring from on high. He's the dawn of a new day in this world. He is the spring of a new day, the beginning of something new. The dawn of a new day of hope. That's what he is. When you and I look, and that's no exaggeration. Listen, if Jesus Christ had not come, we would still be in darkness and in the shadow of death without hope, and we'd not know the answer. There would be no deliverance. But in the second place, let's know this that because Christ, who is the day spring from heaven, who is the new day from heaven, because he came, he came in order to be Israel's horn of salvation. What did Zacharias think about this Jesus of Nazareth? Oh, he knew him. 
Elizabeth had been at their home. She had, again, and they had talked these things over. And the angel had also announced these things to Mary up in Nazareth. And Mary had come down into this country, down in Judea in the hill country, probably Hebron. And she had been visiting with her cousin Elizabeth. Zacharias knew the story. He knew that Jesus was coming from Mary, and he knew who this Jesus really was. He calls him what? He says, And God hath raised up an horn of salvation in the house of his servant David. Let's ask Zacharias this morning, Was Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, was he the Jewish Messiah? Was he the Christ who was to come? And Zacharias, with every power that was his, empowered by the Holy Spirit, would say that Jesus was the Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament, that the prophets of God had talked of since the beginning of the world. He was the horn of salvation that came from the house of David. He was the fulfillment of the prophecy that was given to Abraham. Oh, my Jewish friends, listen. Jesus, who was born at Christmas, is your Messiah. He is your Christ beyond the shadow of a doubt. Had he not come, there would never have been and there never will be another Messiah. He is the one and only genuine Messiah of all Israel. Zacharias said he's the horn of salvation, horn the symbol of the horn of the bull, which is the power of the bull. And therefore a powerful one this new day from heaven, powerful enough to be the Messiah to bring salvation to Israel. Oh, his coming has meant this, that because he is Israel's horn of salvation, Therefore, that blessing of salvation that he came to bring is retroactive, and it goes back to the very time when the world began. Zechariah said the prophets were telling of him, this great day spring from heaven, this great new day, this beginning of a new day, this new day of hope that is coming. The prophets told about him, which means that it was such a wonderful salvation that he brought that even from the time of Adam and Eve as they looked forward to his coming in faith and every lamb that was slaughtered in the temple at Jerusalem, when men slaughtered them, they looked forward in faith to the coming horn of salvation, which is Jesus Christ, the day spring from on high. Oh, he brought salvation and it was retroactive in history to the beginning of time and it goes on to the end of time. We're getting ready for Christmas, aren't we? And we say to ourselves, who is this Jesus, this manger child of Bethlehem? Why, Zacharias, again, who was the father of John, says, don't you know who he is? Why, he's the dawn of a new day. He's the one that has brought a new day into this world. That had he not come, there would never have been a day like he has brought. There would never have been hope. There would never have been comfort. There would never have been consolation and joy like he has brought. He's the day spring from on high getting ready for Christmas oath this morning, we could just, again, write that on our souls as we're looking to Christmas. Then again, we would put into God's hands the thing that sometimes vexes us, and that says, what about those who have lived and died without ever having heard about Jesus Christ, the horn of salvation? What about those in the Old Testament who never heard about Jesus? What about those in our time who live and die and never hear about him? 
What are, the answer to that is what we put that into the hands of God. That's God's business. But you know, we like to deal with that because somehow or other we like to get comfortable. We like to say, well, God surely will never condemn anybody who has lived and died and never heard about Christ. God will never condemn. And then we, we get behind it. And then they say, well, God isn't going to condemn me either whether I accept him or not. If he's not going to condemn them, he isn't going to condemn me. You see, it's sort of a shelter. It's sort of a blanket that we try to put over ourselves to keep us from reckoning with Jesus Christ. What God will do with those who have lived and died without ever heard about Jesus, that's God's business. But you and I, as we know who he is, that he is the new day from heaven, we ought to spend this Advent season in telling others what Christmas really means. How many know what it means? How many understand what Christmas really means on the basis of the Word of God? That it's the birthday of the great day spring from heaven, the birthday of a new day, of he who came into this world, who brought a new day of hope to this world that the world would never have. Why, when Zacharias was prophesying that, then he looked at his son, eight days old. He called him John, and then he said, And thou, child, shall be the prophet of the highest or you're going to be the prophet of the highest the great one that is going to come and you're going to prepare the people before his face before the face of the lord john the baptist went out and he told others about this jesus this great day spring from on high what greater occasion do you and i have than to put that christ into christmas to let others know just what is happening what we are going to celebrate, the birthday of the great new day from heaven, the one that came as the great horn of salvation for Israel. We say to ourselves, was Zacharias saying too much? Was it exaggerated? Was it stretched just a little bit too tight? Uh, was it an overstatement? And oh God, it wasn't. Zacharias in prophecy and thinking about that child that was going to be born, Oh, he says, because of the mercy of God, the day spring from on high has come. The new day, the spring of a new day, the dawn of a new day. He who's coming has meant a new day of hope for the world. That is no exaggeration because had Jesus not come, there would never have been a day of hope for this world. Because in the third place we know this, that this Christ, who is the day spring from on high, he came in order to guide our feet into the way of peace. Had Jesus Christ not come, there would not be a human being on the face of the earth right now that would know how to come to peace with God. We'd all be guessing because had Christ not come, there would be no scriptures. They testify of Jesus, no Christ, no scriptures. How does a man come to peace with God? How many in church this morning who are listening know nothing about peace within? Turmoil and unrest. You're wondering whether life is even worth living because you don't know how to come to peace with God that everything between God and you is just the way it ought to be. Jesus came to guide our feet in the way of peace. He came to tell us that you stand before God and you tell God you're a sinner and you tell God you're sorry. That isn't hard, is it? God, I'm sorry that I'm a sinner and I deserve to be banished from you eternally. And then Jesus has taught us that we turn and we ask God for forgiveness for Jesus' sake. And we say, God, forgive me the guilt and the punishment of my sins, not on the basis of anything that I have done, but for Jesus' sake who died on the cross for me. That isn't hard, is it? 
And on the basis of Jesus Christ, God forgives you your sins and me mine. And when sin is forgiven and God has canceled the guilt and the punishment of our sins, then we have God's peace. Oh, we may not feel it at all times, but we have it. And then we go out and we live that life in righteousness that we are capable of doing to his honor and glory because everything is just right between God and us. Does peace mean anything? Without peace, nothing means anything in this world, does it? In a world of unrest, a world of restlessness. Jesus, he is the one who brought a new day in this world because his coming has meant this, that he has brought eternal rest for all men. And that eternal rest is heaven, that you and I, body and soul, may spend an eternity with God in his home. Had Christ not come, no man born of woman in this world would ever have the eternal peace of God. Yes, believe you me, you can't exaggerate his coming. And because we can't, and he's the day spring from heaven, he's the new day, the dawn of a new day, the dawn of a day of hope, the dawn of a day of comfort and consolation. As we're getting ready for Christmas, and this is the first Sunday in Advent, and we look again into the manger and we say, Who is this Jesus? Zacharias says, He's the new day from heaven. Ought we not, therefore, just take time this morning to look and to probe into our own hearts and homes? Is that Christ? Is that new day in your home and in my home? You know, Zacharias had to learn a lesson, too. For nine months he was not able to talk. Why? Because when Gabriel, the angel, came to him and told him that his wife Elizabeth was going to be the mother of a child, he wouldn't believe Gabriel. And so he had nine months to think it over. He rebelled and he couldn't talk until John was eight days old and then his speech came back. And then he knew what it meant to believe the promises of God. How about in your house and mine today? You know, coming into my office so often, husbands and wives, fathers and mothers coming with their marital problems, and you get something like this. So often a wife says, well, it's just like this. I no longer love my husband. Or the husband comes in and says, I, I hate to be brutally frank, but I'm going to tell you, I no longer love my wife. It's all gone. And then you see... The idea is, well, when you no longer love your mate, why, then you got to do something about it. You have the right to do what you want to do about it. You just break it up, and of course you don't care about the kids. They're, they don't count anyhow. You see, the big thing is the great eagle, the great eye. I don't know what they mean by love. Oh, I can get a good idea that love is gone. Uh, they no longer thrill when the mate walks in or sexual desire has somehow or other been abated and because that doesn't seem to be so paramount, love is gone. But I like to tell them that if you'd put into that home a different love, if you'd put into that home the new day, the day spring, there is a love that comes from obedience that you can control and that love is to love husband or wife to the point that you want them saved. When husband and wife love one another and they say it matters not this earthly thing that we may call them, but we're going to treat one another in such a way that we're going to make the heaven journey a little easier. 
then there's a new day in that home. I know a little boy about six or seven years of age. Mother was combing his hair one morning, and he looked up at her with the love that a kid has for his mother, and he said, Mother, when I grow up, I'm going to be a good boy. I'm not going to be like Daddy, am I, Mother? Just like the twinkling of an eye, she reached up, and she cracked him across the face with her hands, and she said, Don't talk about your father like that. He looked up at her with tears in his eyes, amazed and wondered what had happened. He thought he had said what she would want him to say and what would delight her. But there was a mother that was poisoning that little boy every day about his daddy. But when the thing was reversed and she heard the little boy repeating what she had said, then she saw how foul it was and she cracked him. But she was the mother that should have stood and cracked her own face because she was the poison. How about your home and mine? Is it nothing but poison from one to the other? And you're wondering why the children repeat it and it sounds so terrible when they tell you about it. What kind of a Christmas are you going to have? Zacharias, early in the morning, would go out and he'd watch the dawn of a new day. And when he saw it, he likened Jesus to the dawn of a new day. You can put a new day if you put Christ into your home. Did you ever go out into the garden early in the morning by yourself? Did you ever watch the dawn of a new day? Did you ever stand there and when you saw the dawn of a day, did you ever say, there's the day spring? There's the dawn of a new day. There's the beginning of another day. And Zacharias, he said, that's what Jesus is. And if you put that new day into your home, oh, what a difference. Can't you stand in the garden some morning and sing from your very soul, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we carry there, none other has ever known. Oh, we're getting ready for Christmas, friends. Look into the manger. Who is he? He's the new day from heaven. Go out into the garden and see the dawn of a new day. And put the new day, Jesus Christ, into your home. And then I promise you, it can't fail. Yours is going to be a very merry Christmas. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.